Hello and welcome to the Geeky Medics podcast. My name is Josh Chambers, a medical student at the University of East Anglia. And this podcast, selfishly, gives me an excellent excuse to interview interesting doctors and healthcare professionals from a range of backgrounds, drilling down to why they chose the speciality they're in and what it's really like to do the job. We have lots of really interesting guests lined up for the next couple of months, so don't forget to click subscribe so you don't miss any of it. This week, however, we're discussing ourselves, Geeky Medics, with the founder and producer of this podcast, Dr. Lewis Potter. I hope you enjoy it. Potter obtained his medical degree from Newcastle University in 2012 before embarking on medical training. Between completing his foundation years and becoming a general practice trainee, he took on various hospital locum posts while developing geeky medics. He also became an NHS Clinical Entrepreneurship Fellow in 2016. Lewis, thank you for joining us. I thought this would be a really good opportunity to get to know the person behind the geeky medics platform. So, starting at the beginning, where are you originally from? Um, oh, it's very formal. Um, I come from Middlesbrough originally, um, so that's in the northeast. Um, but I currently reside in Newcastle, which is about an hour north of Middlesbrough. So I, I sort of moved up here in the latter part of the degree for my clinical placements. And then I stuck around. I ended up doing my foundation training here mm. and subsequent GP training. So. I've sort of stuck with Newcastle ever since. And I'm going to ask a cliche question now. Why medicine? Um, it's not a very inspiring story, really. I, um, When I was at school, I didn't really know about medicine. Uh, I didn't go to the best school. I didn't know anyone who was, you know, doing medicine or know anyone who was a, a doctor, really. Um, and it was when I went to... I actually wanted to do IT. Uh, and when I went to college to do IT on the open day when I went to choose which courses I was going to do uh, they told me I couldn't do IT because I didn't have a GCSE in it Mm. which was awkward because I'd kind of planned on that and I had chosen IT at GCSE but the teacher of GCSE had left the school at the beginning of the course so I was switched to business studies Um, so I got a sort of involuntary GNVQ in business studies rather than my IT GCSE which seemed fine at the time, but obviously I didn't realize the repercussions when I was going to college. Um, so at that point, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And the college tutor said, what else are you interested in? And I said, well, I quite like science. Um, and they said, well, would you want to do some kind of research, uh, you know, lab-based role? And I said that I didn't, that didn't appeal to me. And then they suggested medicine, which I thought meant being a pharmacist at the time, which shows my naivety. And I said, I didn't really fancy pharmacy. And they said, no, that's been a doctor. And I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds pretty cool, actually. So I said, oh, what courses would I need to do to be able to apply to medicine? And they said, you know, chemistry, statistics, biology. Uh, and I sort of went with it there. So it was a bit of a fluke, really, that I, I sort of went for medicine in the first place. Um, so, yeah, it's not very inspiring, but it's true. So you, you get through medical school and hopefully now know the difference between a doctor and a pharmacist. Did you enjoy it? 
Yeah, I, th- I mean, once I started medicine, I sort of, I, I did enjoy it and I was really interested by it. I did find it quite challenging, in, I think, in the first year, because really up until that point, I'd learned to pass exams by looking at old mark schemes and sort of preparing in that way. And I suddenly realized that that wasn't going to work anymore. Um, I sort of remember the moment where I realized there was no mark schemes that I could I could look at for the past seven years. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was a bit, I had to sort of change how I studied, um, but it was a bit of a rocky start for the first few months. But then after that, I sort of got the hang of it and started to enjoy the course. Um, and yeah, I, I found it really interesting. I remember being really, really nervous about approaching OSCEs in first year um, because I, I, in my previous experience of a practical examination, which was the driving test, I'd failed several times. I won't say how many times. Um <laughs> So I was I was wondering whether I would be you know a similar kind of person under an OSCE situation. Thankfully, I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, that leads me onto a question that I know many many people want me to ask you, and I definitely should ask you, and that is how good are you at OSCEs? Terrible. <laughs> no, no, I was. I think I was very average, to be honest. I, um, definitely not terrible, but definitely not amazing. Um, but they were a point of stress for me definitely and yeah I think you know I was very aware of the problem at the time that there wasn't that much online Hmm. um, from an OSCE point of view to look at that's really where it was really a sort of it was a big problem for me essentially Um, everything that was online was you had to pay for yeah and I did pay for some of it and it wasn't very good so um, that was the sort of I guess the start of me wondering whether there would be some other way to create a resource but really in those first few years you know I I didn't know enough and I certainly didn't have the confidence to create anything at that point yeah so you you sort of describe how I suppose right back from a level you you enjoyed IT and you you went to medical school and you found this gap in the market I suppose in, in in terms of stuff that people might need for OSCE practice was there a, a light mo- a, a light bulb moment for Geeky Medics? Was there a point in which you thought, actually, this is something I could do? Um, so it was when I was a fourth year medical student um, when I started Geeky Medics. And really, I'd had this persistent issue whenever I was preparing for exams that, you know, when I was looking online, there was very little available. And I paid for some of the sort of stuff that was behind a paywall. And the videos that they'd produced were really poor quality um you know there was a camera up in the corner of the room and there was an examiner and a patient in the other corner of the room with no lighting uh with very poor audio and it was really difficult to to learn anything from the video really um so i thought you know if if they're charging for this and these are the apparent sort of leaders in the field uh i'm sure that we could probably create something that's you know similar at the very worst and maybe a bit better uh, and I had a background in video editing and video production from school uh, I'd done a, lots of odd random things you know helped out with like a Sweeney Todd production with my CSE mm. drama yeah, yeah. and um, and then I'd done a few sort of videos with friends where we were sort of were just acting silly essentially yeah. and I'd sort of so I was quite into video and video production yeah. uh, so I, I was comfortable that I could do that part of it okay um, and obviously I'd had a bit of OSCE practice at that point and I knew what we needed to do to pass our exams in Newcastle 
Um, so I figured that if I could sort of meld those together and put that on a website, that might be quite useful. So you developed something that would be that would be useful for students at the Newcastle University. But but how does this go for how does this go to something that I'm using at the University of East Anglia uh, for, for for my OSCE practice? Yeah. So essentially, the the chronology of it was I initially. I was really interested in creating websites generally, sort of outside of the OSCE situation. And I'd created a few blogs and things. This was before a lot of, you know, Twitter and all of this kind of stuff. Uh, and obviously no one read my blogs because no one cared. <laughs> um, but I, I enjoyed like creating a website and I found it really interesting yeah. to be able to do that. And yeah. for someone on their PC to be able to, God, same PC sounds so old, um, <laughs> but from their computer to be able to, access the same thing that I created on mine. That was kind of mind blowing in a way mm. that that was possible. Yeah. Um, for someone like for someone like me to be able to do. Um, so I'd created this blog that was geeky medics. Um, and essentially it was a system called WordPress, which was in its very early days at that point. And it was a system that made it a bit easier to get a website up and running and for you to be able to post posts to it. Um, and I sort of adapted it for the initial Geeky Medics website, which essentially just contained a collection of my notes um, from the topics I was covering at the time in fourth year. And essentially, whenever I had to really work on a topic to understand it, um, I would collect that into a post and put it up. So I remember one of the first ones was um, glomerular nephritis. Um, I'd really found difficult. So I, I put that up on the website and told a few friends that it was there. And a few of them found it useful, uh, but that that was about it. And I, I sort of the geekymedics.com URL I had already because I'd wanted to start a podcast. Funnily enough, ah, people okay. chatted about medicine and all the rest of it. Yeah. But after trying one episode and hearing my voice uh, droning on about random tech news and yeah. local stuff, I realized that was a terrible idea. Um, so I, I saved that URL and then I thought this was a good time to reuse it. So, so the website just existed essentially as a collection of notes initially, and there wasn't really any OSCE content on there. Lots of people seem to sort of have these kind of ideas at medical school and, 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 and even at university, and they sound all very good and, 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 and are very good ideas. But how, how do you market something like this? How, how does something like this go from an idea to something that many, many people are using across the world? So... I mean, initially, it started by me just telling friends in my year group. And then part of that was word of mouth, um, sort of, because I'm not a particularly good marketer. So people told each other that the website was there. At my attempt at marketing was to go out to some medical student forums at the time. Uh, and I actually found one of the posts that I did. And essentially, I said, look, I've got this website. There's some free Aussie stuff on it. You should check it out. And I kind of thought, you know, this is all free stuff. People will love it and will be, you know, will be really keen for it. But no one replied to that post, I remember, for a month or two, um, mm. which is pretty disheartening. Yeah. <laughs> and the videos on you, I posted them on YouTube and then embedded them on the website. And those were getting, the only views they were getting were me every time I revisited them. And <laughs> the view count would go up by one. Um, and I, yeah, so it was pretty, it was pretty, uh, it's pretty difficult for those months. And then one person did reply and they said that they were surprised by the lack of other people's interest, mm -hmm. um, which was a bit of a pity reply, I guess. But they said that they liked it and that they would help spreading da word was their uh, exact word. <laughs> um, 
which I thought I was, you know, I was delighted by that. I thought that's great. Cool. Um, and then from there, really, I can't take much credit for it growing because I'd that was probably the height of my marketing um, was posting those few times. But slowly but surely, I can only assume through word of mouth, more people started to view the videos and the website. And then that started to, our sort of visibility on things like Google search and on YouTube started to increase. Hmm. So if someone was to type in, you know, cardiovascular examination on YouTube, we would rank fairly highly. So that would... You know, that allowed us essentially to get more exposure to people searching for those things. Mm. And I think part of the reason we rose fairly early was because there was very little there. Uh, so there was definitely an element of timing um, that helped. There wasn't that much competition, really. Um, and then really, it started to snowball probably after about a year. The, the growth started to pick up. And definitely by two years, we had sort of a significant audience. And we were growing about 100 200% a year from there on out. Um, and we now see you're on sort of 2 million views a month um, from an, a really a global audience. Um, a significant proportion of that is the UK, uh, but certainly Australia, um, Saudi Arabia, India, lots of different places um, use it, which I always find kind of mind-blowing, to be honest. It still feels very surreal. Um, but people, other people do use the content, which is great. We should probably remind people at this point that you're not full-time geeky medics you are a gp trainee as well how do you balance the two it's very challenging i would say um so i'm currently part-time which means that i do 60 percent of full-time so that essentially means that i currently work monday tuesday and wednesday as a gp trainee in pediatrics um, and then i also do 60 percent of the on-call rotor so as an example, this week, I've done Monday and Tuesday, nine till five, and then I'm nights, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 13 hour night shifts this weekend. Mm. And then in between that, I work on Geeky Medics. So it can be really challenging to balance the needs of GP training, making sure I stay on top of my portfolio and you know reflections and all of that stuff that you hope will stop when medical school's over and it doesn't. Yeah. Um, so keeping on top of all of that and also keeping Geeky Medics moving forward is a constant active plate spinning, I would describe it. Mm. Um, but I've got lots of people now who have, you know, contributed and who was helping out with various aspects of the business. Um, and without them, you know, it, it certainly wouldn't be where it is today. Um, and I have them to thank for that. You mentioned there about doing things you perhaps don't really want to do, but you, you, you did at medical school as well, such as reflect, reflective practice and portfolios. For you, what what is interesting about being a doctor over, you know, your time at medical school? Um, well, I guess you're getting paid to do it rather than paying to do it. Yeah, well, that that, that, that helps. Help. Yeah. Um, and I, th I mean, getting to practice and make your own decisions, even if they're small decisions. Um, and particularly, you know, as a GP trainee, you get to sometimes maybe come up with solutions that aren't in a guideline. Um, but are more appropriate for that particular patient. I find that sort of stuff um, really nice. And it's things that you probably don't get to do as a student as much. Yeah, You still get the patient contact as you do as a student and all the rest of it. But I think getting to make choices uh, and getting to sort of work on, even if it's a tough job with a team of other people who are 
enduring it with you mm. can really you know build good bonds between you and um you know you have you can have a lot of fun while you're working so um i don't want to be down on being a doctor i really like being a doctor and that's why i'm you know trying to do both at the same time rather than one rather than the other yeah um because i love both things and i think if i was full-time doctor and no geeky medics that wouldn't be right for me um and vice versa um so i think having the mix even if it is challenging is it keeps my week incredibly varied um and it means that when i come to work you know i'm excited for work um, i'm motivated and then when i get my geeky medics days there's a huge pile of things to do but i'm motivated to sort of get through them um it just keeps keeps things keeps me on my toes essentially Hmm. no chance to get bored no and i think lots of junior doctors would probably agree with you um a different question where's next for geeky medics so there's several things um, that we have planned probably over the next year um so the main things are expanding the content that we have on geekymedics.com itself and not only you know oski content but expanding into other areas and having a more comprehensive collection of things around you know things like neurosurgery for instance we've built out a section on that um we've been doing some new anatomy articles that cover topics um in a way that hopefully is is more approachable um even for some of the tougher anatomy topics Mm. so i think content expansion certainly new videos um so i've currently got 14 videos in editing at the moment so we've been filming lots um so those will be coming soon which Mm. is exciting yeah yeah and then our quiz platform which is the geekyquiz.com um that's something we've been working on over the last few years and that is growing and the amount of questions on the platform is growing and we're soon going to be adding several new features which should really improve the experience for people wanting to learn about specific topics on the platform and to get feedback on their performance on those specific topics so there's there's lots of things going on i see you know i certainly don't see the end insight as to when i'll run out of Mm. new direction for us to move in the podcast is another exciting thing of course uh, of course that you contacted me about and i'm really excited to be involved in so there's lots of things Sometimes I don't like to think about it all at once because it seems quite overwhelming. Mm. Um, yeah, I try and take it day by day. But yeah. certainly we've got a lot of things that are going to be happening over the last next year, which should hopefully really improve the experience for everyone. I'm now going to ask a question I'm pretty sure lots of people will want me to ask, and that is the famous Andrew. How long has he been a final year medical student? <laughs> So yeah, there's lots of running jokes on YouTube about how is he still a final year student. I can confirm that he did pass finals with flying colours. Um, and he's now, he worked as a doctor for many years um, in the UK, probably worked about five years in the UK as a doctor, and then has moved to the USA and is training in emergency medicine. Oh, cool. And he's almost completed his training in emergency medicine in the USA. Yeah. So he's done, he's done lots. So he isn't yeah. a final year medical student um, as much as Good. we like to tease people in the comments. <laughs> and yeah, he's, he's doing great. And he, he flew over to film new videos. So he'll be in the new videos. So. so very dedicated to Geeky Medics as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Two full days of shooting. I, I have a final question to ask you, um, if that's okay, Lewis. And well, 
I, I'm going to describe a situation in the library. It's it's a silent study area. I accidentally pl- um, don't plug in my headphones. <laughs> and comes blaring out is the Geeky Medics theme tune. I want, I have to ask, who made that? How did that theme tune come about? I'm sorry about that. <laughs> it was my invent. The pixel art and the, the uh, sort of video game style mm. um, music. They're all my fault. So, so you are completely, completely to blame for all yeah, of the, this. The, yeah. Yeah. The artwork was... Um, Essentially, I wanted imagery to use on the website, but at the time, everything was copyrighted or I couldn't afford the licenses to use stuff. And I'm not particularly good at art, uh, but I was work doing pixel art, as it's called, um, as a sort of hobby at the time. And I thought I could actually maybe create some, you know, organs, a brain, a uterus, et cetera, and maybe use those as sort of stand-in. Yeah. And then, you know, if things went well and people actually used the website. Yeah. I would obviously get something much more professional looking. Of course. But sort of by accident, that became the brand. Yeah. Um, and, and, now, and now you can't change it. Now I can't change it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of stuck with it. The theme tune has gone. Oh, um, okay. So all the, I didn't know this. If you Even some of the new ones currently on there, yeah, it's gone. So it's a much quicker, shorter one. Controversial, I know. but Yeah, very. Um, I felt that it is quite jarring to hear at times and... Um, I had a few people contact me saying that much. Not that many people emailing me asking me to keep it. And no one <laughs> seems to have moaned too much that it's gone. So I take that as a sort of a cue that maybe it's time to move on from, yeah. from those tunes. Yeah. I know I said previously I had uh, that was my last question, but I have one actually final question. This is my last one. I wondered if you if you had any tips for people starting out projects at university starting out small projects that they want to grow slowly and and want to become something more sort of like geeky medics have have you got any tips for them for these people starting off i mean i've learned lots of things um through my many failures and few successes over the last eight and a half years of geeky medics um but i've got a few things that i would say apply to most people who are thinking about starting a project um I think the first thing is when you're in the ideation stage of starting something, you need to identify problems that maybe you come across in your everyday life or that other people around you are sort of encountering. And, you know, having an awareness of these little problems and irritations when they happen is really important because often that's where there is an opportunity to create a solution. Um, So, having an awareness of oh why why can't i do this this way this seems silly why isn't there something you know an easy way of doing this so the example for me was i wanted oski videos that were useful for learning and i couldn't find any that were sort of meeting my needs um so my solution was maybe we could create some and then once you've identified a problem and thought about a solution you also need to have a quick think about whether other people have that problem if it's a super, super specific problem that only you have, that's not going to be much good because you're just going to create a product that only you'll use. So it's worth asking other people what they think. And I think once you have a problem and you've identified, you've thought you might have the sort of beginnings of a solution and other people seem to agree, I think that's a that's a really good sort of starting point for building a project. Um, and then the other tip that I would say is to focus on a niche. I think that's really important. 
I think trying to build something that works for everyone is really hard, if not impossible to begin with. And I think if you try that, you end up with the lowest common denominator of a product that really is very average for everyone and not particularly amazing for anyone. But if you find a little niche or community that you know well, and you know what needs they have, you can really create something, even if it's really small, that really targets and addresses their needs over and above everyone else. And what that means is for that small audience, you can create something that is, to, in their eyes, amazing. Um, and, you know, it may only be applicable to them, but that's probably one of the few places where you can have a competitive advantage over big companies in a space because they're trying to grow and trying to be relevant to lots of people. Um, and as a result of that, they don't care about individual needs of small groups of people. So as a result, they can't create something that's as good as you can for that particular niche. So I think, you know, focusing on a niche is a really, really um, useful sort of hack to creating a small product that people might really love. And that's where you can win your first fans, your first customers, and you can think about growing from there. So for me, my niche was Newcastle medical students in fourth year. That's sort of the where I targeted and then everything grew from that. Well, Lewis, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been really interesting to hear um, how you've developed Geeky Medics, how you've got something which is essentially your notes to, to the platform it is today. And I definitely have to say thank you on behalf of all the medical students um, who have used geeky medics in the past and in particular myself for, for helping me pass my oskies so thanks very much and, and thanks again for coming on the podcast no worries it's a pleasure Thank you again for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast and want to hear more from us, please consider subscribing through your podcast provider. You can also follow Geeky Medics on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to hear from you with suggestions on who you would like to hear from next. Thank you, as always, to the producers of this episode of the podcast, Alice Appleton and Dr. Lewis Potter himself. <laughs>